Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers and to our listeners on the radio and on our podcast. Today we're going to be talking about police recruiting in the city of Erie and a unique moment where COVID recovery funds will help Erie add 21 new officers to the force. And because it's Women's History Month, we're going to be focusing on efforts to get more women on the Erie Police Force. My guests today are Sergeant Tom Lennox, who is full-time recruiting officer for the Erie Police Department and Jess Roboleski, a patrol officer in the Erie Police Department, really one of a few female officers on the force. So welcome to both of you. Well, let's start with this moment in, in time, Sergeant Lennox, the Erie Police Force, in my years in the news business interfacing with you folks, has been shrinking really in size for decades, but now has this unique opportunity to add 21 officers. And that's really because part of the $76 million in ARP funding that's coming to the city is going to help you with the recruiting process. So how important is it that the force expand right now in your view? Yes, uh, Lisa, extremely important. Um, back in 2005, I was actually one of the casualties uh, when the city laid off um, multiple uh, police officers in addition to fire department. And uh, since I came back after the layoffs, you know, that's been, we've been behind the eight ball, uh, sort of speak in terms of numbers. Um, at that time, uh, you know, two of our main units prior to the layoffs were it was the Family Crisis Unit, in addition to having the Juvenile Protective Division. And, uh, seven, and it's been about 16, 17 years that we've, our department has done without those two units. Um, and in my opinion, it's my belief that those are the two communities or segments of our community that kind of got neglected. Uh, the mental health community, in addition to, um, you know, a lot of the juvenile things that are going on out in the streets now. So I think with the addition uh, of the 21 new officers, that's going to give the PD an opportunity uh, to bring uh, those units back to the community. Yeah, certainly we see um, some of those things you're talking about bubble over into news stories, where whether it's domestic situations that escalate to something tragic. Uh, and certainly we're very all familiar in this community about issues with youth and, and guns, some of them just in the new year here. Uh, this year. So I know it means you're going to be busy, very busy recruiting, but that's a good problem. That's a, it's a very good problem. <laughs> it's that time of year again. Look forward to it. All right. So Jess, uh, how many women are on the force right now? And why do you think it's important that some of these new recruits we're talking about are going to be women? I believe there's eight women on the force right now. And it's very important to add that just to diversify the force. You can't just have all men. Sometimes a woman's necessary for a certain type of call. Uh, women victims are sometimes more comfortable speaking to a female officer. Uh, some kids are more comfortable around females because they see them as a mother image, I would assume. But So you're hoping you're going to have more women on the force? It would be nice. Do you have a goal, uh, Tom, of how many women you'd like to add, or does it really just depend on who applies and what their qualifications are? Well, you know, in the perfect world, I mean, you'd like to see um, out of 178 officers currently, uh, we have eight women uh, that are currently on the department. Uh, in the perfect world, I'd, I'd like to see that number get up to almost 50-50. Uh, it would be nice because, as Jess indicated, I mean, you know, there are a lot of women out there that, um, that I try to recruit that don't really know the potential of being extremely effective um, in this profession. So, you know, with that being said, um, you know, and it's not just an eerie problem, it's a national trend. Um, so, you know, with this month being Women's History Month, that's, it's a full court press this month to get the word out that we need women on our department 
So nine new officers were just sworn in in February. They were recruited, though, before this plan to expand the force. So tell us about the class of officers here. No women in this class, but some minority. Yes, correct. I mean, this year, um, more than any year that I've been on the department, it's, it's a pretty historic year. Uh, very rare. Uh, we have Af uh, eight African-American males that are currently on the department with the addition of these uh, two uh, newer officers. And our expectation is in June, we're gonna have an additional two other African-American officers. So with regards to doing you know, the recruit recruitment on a year-round basis, we're starting to see the fruits of that labor and being really intentional in our community um, and lasering in um, on potential candidates that wanna do this profession. So as you mentioned, uh, the police chief, Dan Spazzarni, is bringing back the crisis car, beefing up the juvenile uh, division again. How might female officers enrich each of those areas of policing? Well, as Jess indicated, I mean, there are some calls and a lot of calls um, when we're out there patrolling the, uh, you know, the, the city that, I mean, let's face it, I mean, you know, there, you know, I might go to a call with uh, Jess where, you know, a female, another female that might be involved in the call might not disclose certain things to a male officer depending upon what that circumstance that they're currently exhibiting. Could be a domestic, uh, children, um, you know, again, children are more apt to talk into a female officer and disclose more information um, with a little bit more truth and honesty versus feeling, you know, the intimidation of a, of a male officer. Um, so again, you know, the, the, the skill set that women, uh, you know, bring to this profession is just as high as we expect our, our men to do. And, and I want to add to, and I'm sorry, you know, I don't want people to think or anybody that's viewing this to think that they're just good at talking to kids and females. I mean, in terms of mere toughness and, you know, the mental toughness that re that's required to this job, the women that we have on our department are just as mentally tough as our men. You know, so, but the issue is we have to get out there and bring more of them on, on the job. Right, bringing some different perspectives into the entire department. Correct. So when we come back, we're going to learn a little bit more about Jess and her unique path into police work. We hope you'll stay with us. Welcome back to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. We're talking about police recruiting in the city of Erie with a focus on women since it's Women's History Month. My guests again are Sergeant Tom Lennox, who's the recruiting officer for the Erie Police Department, and Jess Robaleski, a patrol officer. You say they still call them patrolmen. you got to do something about that. <laughs> All right, so Jess, tell us how long you've been on the force, and I'm just looking at the gear you have on there. I mean, it's heavy stuff just to be wearing your uniform. It sure is. I've been with Erie for just over three years now. And tell us about everything that's on you there. Part of that's your video camera. <laughs> um, I'm on duty, so this is my normal duty gear. Radio, our body cams, uh, extra mags for our carry guns, some OC spray. I have a taser down here. Um, then my belt, which has my weapon and extra mags and handcuffs. And a protective vest as well? Yes. So what's a typical day like uh, for you on the job as a patrol officer? Now we go in for the start of our shift. We sit through what we call roll call. Uh, they go over late, the latest wanted people or stolen vehicles or anything we need to be aware of. 
We get our vehicle assignments, go down and check our cars and get on our cars and go to our zones. Then basically just uh, drive around, look for anything, or wait until we uh, get sent on a call. So I know officers used to be two to a car. Is it one to a car? How does that staffing work? It depends on the car. There's Alpha cars and Bravo cars, and Alpha car is two people, and Bravo cars are one person. So we talked about the fact that there are only eight female officers in the department right now. Is it hard to be in the minority, uh, or do you feel the respect of your fellow officers, male or, or female? I, I don't feel it's hard. We all get along. We're like a big family there. Everyone's treated equally. They treat us all the same. You, however, did not set out with a dream of being a police officer uh, growing up. You are, you are from the Girard area. Uh, what, what were you doing first, and what made you pivot into police work? I've been working in EMS for most of my life. I started by joining the fire department when I was 14 and got into it from there, just kept going. So you were a medic? Correct. And, that was a, and how did that move into being a paid position? I started volunteering um, on, on the, in the fire department on the ambulance, and then I got hired my first job at a local ambulance company, and then I just moved on into different companies and kept it going. So you ended up uh, being uh, the medic for the Erie Police Department SWAT team. That was your last stop before deciding to do police work yourself. What was that like? I was one of the medics that got to work with the SWAT team, yes, and it was amazing. Definitely my favorite thing ever. So that may sound surprising to people because we cover news stories where there's a standoff or SWAT is required. Uh, we have a little video of the SWAT team in action here. I'm sure you saw a lot in these scenarios with these uh, tense kinds of scenes. You might think you'd run the other way instead of wanting to be a police officer. So why, why did you um, like being part of supporting the SWAT team and, and know that that police work was going to be for you? Um, after I got to see what they were doing and talking with everyone, getting to know everyone, how much they love this job, I decided that I really wanted to go for it. And the SWAT team is really helping in some critical situations. That's correct. So as the medic, did that mean you were just on standby in case anybody got hurt, whether it would be the people involved in the incident or the officers? Uh, the medics trained with the SWAT team, and then we would go on their call-outs with them, and we would stand back as they did their raids or whatever they needed to do, and we were there for them if they got injured. And did you ever have to use your medical experience in that uh, job? Luckily, no. But it certainly opened your eyes to wanting to apply to the police department, and uh, so are you glad you did? Very glad. Well, that's a really interesting story, a little bit of a different path into police work for Jess here. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about why other women should or might want to join the Erie Police Department and what they need to know to apply. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Again, we're talking about police recruiting in the city of Erie with a focus on women for Women's History Month. My guests, as you know, are Sergeant Tom Lennox, who recruits for the Erie Police Department and Patrol Officer Jess Robaleski. So, Tom, what is the process like to try to recruit women to the Erie Police Force? I mean, later in the program, we're going to tell people where they can get information and how they can apply. But before people just show up as applications, you're out there beating the bushes. So tell us a little bit about where you're looking to find women who might be interested in, in these jobs. 
Yeah, I mean, what I typically do every year is I speak at uh, numerous colleges, all of our local colleges, and the uh, crim criminal justice classes. Um, just last month, I did a dozen uh, classes um, at Mercyhurst uh, University in addition to Gannon University. So I do the college classes um, frequently, and I'll do that the whole way until the um, you know recruiting cycle is over at the end of June. But typically, when I go to a class, I impose my will and pull a lot of the female candidates. And I do one-on-ones. I get immediate appointments with most of the college students that are in these classes, and we set up a one-on-one -on -one where they come to the office and I give them a lot more and additional information uh, on what the job is doing to entail. What do you see in those conversations? I mean, how do you know this is a person that has potential for police work? What kind of characteristics are you looking for when you have those initial uh, moments? Well, you know, I, I basically tell anybody, uh, whether they're male, female, um, but more particularly, uh, you know, the women that, you know, if, if you're one that loves challenges, uh, you love to help people, give back to your community, um, you know, or if you, you, you like to go into work where you're gay, you never know what it's going to be like, and, and you can think on your feet in the moment, um, you know, this is definitely the, the profession for you. And, and what I see in a lot, um, especially in our crim justice classes, where and again, this is having these one-on-ones with a lot of our women. A lot of them uh, tell me that, hey, I just want to be a counselor. I just want to get in and, 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 and counsel people. And I tell them, you know, that's police work. You know, every call that we go to, you, you're going to have an opportunity to counsel a child, counsel a citizen in our community and give them great advice. You know, so that, to me, that's the challenge where I think, you know, a lot of women, when they see police officers carrying guns and you know a lot of times the the, the impression is that you got to be an alpha to be a police officer so but when you explain that uh, to our females they say no it's not you know all about being big and tough and alpha and you know you have a skill set to bring to this profession to help us you know work better as a team out there in, in the city uh, you know, on TV shows, we see a lot of female detectives, but I guess similar to what you're saying, I mean, are a lot of women afraid they're going to have to go through that uh, patrol hurdle, that hands-on in the streets uh, part of the job before they could get to doing detective work, or could they go if they have the detective kind of skills mm -hmm. from maybe their academic training? Could they move right into jobs like that where they're assisting in investigations? Well, you know, and I, and I tell all the college kids, again, male and female, because most kids believe uh, they think that as soon as they get hired from a police, by any police department, that they're going to go right into detective work. But the reality is until you have that street experience, that street knowledge, being out there on the patrol level, that's going to make you, um, you know, become a better detective once you go through that process of applying. With that being said, um, we have had individuals, uh, females, um, in addition to our males that you know come to this job um, with a pretty w wide range of a skill set to where they work through and get to the detective level a lot quicker, just because that's their you know that's been their goal walking through the door. Yeah, and maybe they have had some police work experience in in another municipality. So. Correct. Jess, how much of the job, in your view, is physical and, and how much of it is mental? I know uh, you have to go through a testing process. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, well, how would you describe that? I believe this job is 
definitely more mental than physical. You have to have that mental stability, be able to handle the calls and deal with people and handle some of the things that you're going to see that people aren't just supposed to see. But for the physical aspect, I mean, it's there. It's just not like TV. It's not all car chases and shootouts, but things happen, so you have to be ready to throw down, I guess. So what would you say to women maybe watching the program who have even an inkling that they might want to do police work? Go for it. <laughs> it. It's the best choice I made. It's a different thing every day. You come in never the same day. You're never in the same spot, never dealing with the same people, well, sometimes dealing with the same people. But <laughs> you get those occasional adrenaline rushes, which are awesome. It's kind of like the perfect job. And I'm sure there are days that you go home feeling gratified that you helped in a situation. I'm sure there are days that you go home wishing you could have done more. There are. Well, Tom, uh, within the force, uh, again, you talked about, we talked about detective work and patrol work, but how varied might somebody's duties be? Because you do have a number of different divisions with, with a different focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, this year was actually the first year uh, that we actually, in addition to the rack card information we give out to the public, we actually decided as a team that it would be nice to hand out a booklet to explain a little bit of EPD's history. And a lot of those things from a professional development standpoint that any officer coming through our department um, will have an opportunity. I mean, CID, Criminal Investigation Division, to be a detective, we have major crimes, uh, white collar crime, we have a motorcycle division who handles typically just traffic. You know, I, I get a lot of uh, questions from the college kids about forensics. We do have an ID unit to where that they're with detectives that their responsibility is to go out and process crime scenes. We have the SWAT team. We have tactical teams that work at night. You know, so from a professional development, and, and not to mention, there's a way to progress if you decide to stay in patrol that you could become a training officer yourself, you know, become a corporal, a sergeant, a lieutenant. So I, I think the one thing that sep sets our department apart from a lot of our cities, even in our own state, is there's a lot of areas to go from a professional development standpoint from within the department. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about what the steps are to apply if, if you're interested and start the process. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Insider again. I'm Lisa Adams. We're talking with Tom Lennox, and we're talking with Jess Robaleski about recruiting more women for the Erie Police Department. Here's the a brochure that uh, Sergeant Lennox mentioned a, a minute or so ago with some information on all the different things you can do within the police department. But if you're a woman and you are interested in applying, the first step may actually be to attend a women's only career fair day, and that's coming up on March 22nd. Tell us a little bit about what's going to happen on that uh, event. Uh, yeah, typically on the, tw on the 22nd of March, um, and we did this last year, but as a result of the pandemic, we had to do it virtual. So this year, it's going to be a wonderful opportunity uh, to get that information out to the public for our, for our women and our community uh, to where that day is just going to be essentially about them. I mean, they're going to get, um, you know, some one-on-one -on -one information from myself, from our command staff. Uh, some of our uh, females that are officers on our department are going to be in attendance, and this is going to be an open, honest conversation about what it is that uh, 
being a police officer is all about. So is this an open house kind of thing from 5.30 to 7, or should women be there for that whole window of time, chance to ask questions, go a little deeper? Is it like a, a presentation? Yeah, I mean, just because it says 5.30 to 7, obviously, if we have some good questions or if we get a good turnout, it could go beyond that. Uh, but we all know how much I like to talk, so <laughs> we're going to use that hour and a half probably to basically educate um, and inform of any questions that they might have. And then if you do want to apply, here's some important information on that process. So we're going to, a window actually opens where people can go on the City of Erie website. They can click uh, the police department, find this application. So the process opens on April 4th. It's open to apply through the 30th of June. 80 bucks uh, is the fee to apply. We talked about this physical and the written test as well. That comes up on August the 6th. And um, is everybody who applies able to come and do that piece of it, or do you select from the applications people who move on to the testing step? Yeah, typically what happens is once the application is submitted, everybody's going to be aware of that August 6th uh, date. And uh, what happens is, is they, they will report out to uh, Northeast High School. Uh, they'll go through the physical agility component of it first. And upon passing and completing that component, they will be invited uh, to take the written on the same day. Yeah, you can't take the written test if you can't pass the physical test. So, uh, Jess, you did this not that long ago. We have a little bit of video of what the test was like. How did you prepare for this? How hard was it? And what would you tell other women who are interested to, to do to get ready? Um, I didn't find the test that difficult. Uh, the push-up part is not my thing, so that was a little shaky, but everything else seemed pretty, pretty easy. And then moving on to the written uh, part of the test, how challenging was that? And is there a way that people can prepare and study for that? It was challenging enough. Um, they have some practice tests that you can order from the website that you go to, so you can work on that. It gives you an idea of the questions you can expect, uh, kind of the format, how they're going to be worded, what you can look forward to. And if you do well on the physical test and the written test, this doesn't mean you have a job with the Erie Police Department. This means you get put on a list from which you could be hired, or you could be hired by other municipal departments as well? Yeah, correct. Uh, once the written exam is completed uh, and they're graded, um, there is a list that's generated, and uh, typically it goes from whoever scored the highest in that order down to the lowest score. 27 other agencies are on the consortium, so you have 20, 27 other police departments that can go down through that list and start the process of uh, uh, calling potential candidates in for an interview. This group that tests next, I mean, how many officers are you looking to hire out of that group, and will that be focused on the crisis car or the juvenile work? Yeah, and the, the 21 officers, I know that uh, Chief Spazarni has a very strategic uh, plan as far as I know that we're hiring an additional nine to ten officers in June. Uh, beyond that, uh, we're probably going to wait for the next list uh, in August to start uh, chipping away at that list. Well, it's been terrific to hear um, from both of you here and to know that these job opportunities exist here in our community for women who might be interested in police work. Jess, thanks for sharing your personal story of how you got involved. Officer Lennox, always nice to have you back. As always, if you have an idea that you'd like us to explore on The Insider, just email me at ladams at erienewsnow.com and join us again next time for The Insider.